0: when I was auditioning, which was, you know, it was a real bitch fest and a real competition. And, and the camaraderie didn't happen until you got in the show. Um, that exists in the audition room and in the, you know, the, the, the training area and the, and the classes that these kids do. But the real battle that this generation have is with themselves. It's, it's, the, it's the sabotaging voice in their heads um, so I've been working a bit on that, and really want to continue that work because I think it's it's really vital for for these kids to have that as part of their training, and not just the pushing to be the best singer, dancer, actor, and you know present yourself in a certain way. there's, there's, there's got to be some self care in there as well.
1: This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, I'm joined by Gary Lloyd. I worked with Gary at the start of my career as a musician 20 years ago, and since leaving stage performance behind, Gary has made a huge name for himself as a choreographer and director. Alongside his 11 year tenure on hip West End and global show Thrill live a show based on the work of Michael Jackson, Gary has worked with countless superstars in theatre, music, TV, and film. He's even written a book and, of course, won a clutch of awards along the way. He is perhaps the busiest man in show business so it was great to speak with him about how he's been getting through the last few months not just as a professional in the creative industry himself but also how he's been helping others in the industry and his experience of being a parent through the pandemic. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious, It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Gary Lloyd, welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. Thanks for joining me. Hey,
0: Toby. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, I just looked at the last time we saw each other. And I don't know if you know this, but it was February the 14th. We're romantic people. Um, And that was just after we were reunited over Christmas, after the best part of 20 years. So... It's kind of uh, the world's completely changed since then. And um, you're a father, you're a man who's built a significant career as a director, a choreographer at the heart of the entertainment business. And when we spoke in Feb, your book was not long out. You were preparing for a book tour. Thriller Live was running in the West End. You had various other exciting show projects in the works. And then March happened. So uh, tell me about that. Tell me about your experience on a local (laughs) level um that's a <laughs> quite a quick quick rundown of where we
0: were and uh yeah yeah quite a big a summary of the explosion that happened to to all of us um yeah i didn't realize it was valentine's day toby Not did I? It <laughs> quite poignant um yeah and it was wonderful working with you again over Christmas, that was, that was a beautiful surprise, um, walking in and seeing you. Um, and that whole panto season was just glorious with, with everybody that was involved in that show in High Wycombe. Um, and like everything last year um, was really, really positive. You know, I'd, I'd spent two years working on this book, which was 10 years in the making. Um, in terms of the content and what the, the book is about. Obviously, it's, it's, it's 10 years of Thriller Live um, and working on that in the West End and on tour and just sort of pouring my heart into a memoir, you know, to celebrate something that that not many people can say they've done, you know, having a 10-year, 10 11-year tenure in, in the West End and a global hit show. So, you know, we're always very, very grateful for every day extra we have on Thriller, um, so it was really to just get all of that celebration down in print and um, have a book on the shelf just to just to you know mark that that huge achievement. So yeah, I was about to go out on a book tour. Um, I was tying that in with a bit of coaching um, and you know sort of spreading the love with um, the the story of the show along with with teaching a bit of the show to. You know, drama school and dance school students, which I'm doing a bit of that online. Um, but you know, the, the the big drop that happened shortly after that that book tour was scheduled um, was just massive. You know, um, Thriller was about to close in the theatre that we've been in for 11 years, and and um, hopefully move to another theatre. This last cast of of Thriller at the Lyric Theatre were already very emotional. Um, they were, they were seeing the end of, of an era in this building that is just steeped in thriller history. Um, and we only had a couple of weeks left before they finished. So just mentally, and then the crew and the band and every, everyone, it was, it was huge for, for that, you know, the, the show and all of those relationships and all of that history to, to have the plug pulled so abruptly, um, you know, that the announcement happened on a Monday. Uh, that the West End was going to close down. And Monday was it was our day off. So these guys had done their final show without even realising it. So it was a very, very sad week for everybody.
1: When was the last time you saw it?
0: Um, not long before. I'd, I'd gone in um, not long before. Uh sadly, I'd gone in kind of guns blazing and, and put them all through their paces and given them a bit of a bit of a rollicking, um, <laughs> which is always good to do once in a while. Uh, but we did get to go before we were locked down. We did all get to go in. Um, and empty our rooms and sort of see each other. And we, we, we did a bit of video and we, we we sang and we shared stories and, you know, said a few thanks to everybody. So we, we did get a tiny bit of closure. Um, and you know what? As, as soon as all this craziness is over, I think, you know, Thriller will be one of the first shows out of the trap um, and back on the road.
1: Yeah. It's a lot. still a lot to cope with, though. I mean, so so you had professionally all of that. The book tour's gone and then you've got the logistics of of life and the fact that you're a dad so so how is it unfolding at home uh, and and how are you managing that stuff
0: um it it's it's been a ride actually um i was due to fly to canada so i was going to miss the final thriller show so i was i was around and in the building um sort of saying my goodbyes weirdly um as all of this happened um, so I was due to go and, um, work on the story of Holland, Ozie Holland in Canada, and then come straight back to go into production for Heathers, uh, which is due to tour. And we're kind of on this monthly rolling standby, um, casting Heathers and aiming to get it out as soon as possible. Um, so there was another, there was a, a, a double drop, I guess, for me at the time, um, but as we went into lockdown, I, I just went into this kind of mindset of, do you know what, this this is the gift of time that we complain about, we pray for, um, you know, time with the family, time with the kids. It was beautiful weather. So I got in the garden and did that project, which would never have happened without this. Um, you know, dug the whole thing up, redid it. Um, got all the jobs done in the house. We got into homeschooling, which for two weeks was really healthy. Um, you know, a little man loved having his dads as his teachers. Um, but there was a point shortly after that two weeks where there was a realisation that seemed to kick in, not, not only with my son, but but with all of his, his pals, where they started to panic um, and they started to understand this virus in their own little way a little bit more um, and they started to wonder whether this was the norm whether they would ever see their friends again their school again their teachers again um so we had a bit of a bumpy period where um you know a lot of fear kicked in um he, he, he was afraid of of losing us of not seeing his grandparents again his aunties his uncles and and that that was quite scary to be a part of because we we went from this this joyful novel period of being his teachers and his friends and having all of this wonderful time together to suddenly dealing with something that emotionally we we were not ready for and we're dealing with ourselves as well
1: no doubt and ha- and uh, how old is he how old is your son ten.
0: Ten. he turned 10 during lockdown actually quite early so his 10th birthday party was probably one of the first zoom birthday parties
1: uh, okay yeah it's it, it's been really interesting to speak with people about parenthood in general and then and then the, the experience is based on the age of their kids right because i've got a 4 year old who's this is completely normal now to him you yeah. know but my 6 year old's probably slightly closer to to where you are you know, with, yeah. hold on a minute, <laughs> and, and watching, you know, starting to watch things and trying to get educated on what the virus is and the four-year-old waking up um, every morning for two months going, "Is the virus gone yet? It's, like, yeah. oh, it's horrible. <laughs>
0: when, when's coronavirus over? You know, like it's a holiday or <laughs> yeah. yeah, module at all. So talk about, about- you know we're, even with that we're, we're thankful we've we've got nieces and nephews and students and you know various people around us that are part of that year six or your GCSE A level leaving drama school you know that community where this has been devastating for them you know watching them not being able to to do their exams and then getting the results and. You know, just one thing after another being quite a traumatic experience. Um, you know, and they're they're going to be this this lost generation for years to come. You know, certainly part of history, but it's it's quite damaging, I think. You know, from a from a social perspective as well as the the education. You know, I'm I'm talking to a lot of drama school graduates at the moment, and they're terrified. Hmm. You know that. that that their whole life so far and certainly the three years that they've just put into their training um, is going to have been a waste of time and a waste of money and they're going to have to rethink their careers because they're looking into an abyss of an industry. Um, Whereas I think we are, you know, those of us that are in the industry, we're a bit more tenacious, we've dealt with rejection and unemployment and, you know, we're a bit more optimistic about the whole thing. These poor kids that haven't had a taste yet, are terrified that there's nothing for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, but you've been, you've been working very hard and communicating with people and, uh, uh, you know, in the industry and specifically the younger ones. So what what's your perspective on what the other side looks like and what, what are you seeing? Because we're sort of, you know, we're through the big, first big lockdown in the UK and all of that. What's emerging as well? What, what are you seeing on the industry? Because, you know, the headlines and maybe what what we're reading on social media is, is is showing part of the picture, but but not to the not getting the um, insight that that you have because you're communicating with these people across from the very top end of the established industry to to the kids coming into it, the young adults coming into it. So what what are you seeing?
0: I I, I think there's a lot of confusion. Um, I think you know people that are working in the industry are confused as to why theater spaces are different to pubs and restaurants and why that can't be managed in a way that's, you know, not necessarily financially viable, but that shouldn't be the priority at the moment. I think getting people safely out there and and getting things moving for us who, who work in the industry is, is really important. I went to, um, Uh, a a play in in London. It was a musical called Fanny and Stella. Um, And, you know, this this company of people have very bravely put this musical on. It's been very cleverly socially distanced. Um, The staging is very sort of cleverly socially distanced. And um, there's about 50 seats and you sit in your bubbles and you wear your masks and, you know, they bring you your drinks. And it's very... Very well um, organised in terms of sort of military precision, getting people into the bar, into the toilet and all the rest of it. Um, and it works. And they have been extending their stay in this theatre. Um, I think they've, they've got into sort of quad, quadruple extensions because um, they're one of the only things that you can go out and, and see in terms of a theatre experience. And it, it just shows that there is a need. Um, And there is a way to do this. And I think more people need to do um, these smaller productions where it is a test um, and just really put their energy into making the new normal work. Because I think if everybody just sits back waiting for a vaccine or waiting for this whole thing to be over, which, let's face it, is not going to be for a while yet, um, we're all going to be sitting there unemployed for a long time. And I, I think somebody's got to do something.
1: What, were, what was it like as, a, as an experience, as an audience, audience member wearing a mask?
0: Do you know what? I, 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 I've been quite cautious because I've been, I've been locked down with the family, um, having to stay indoors for you know, a good 90% of the time during this past sort of six months or whatever it's been. You know so I'm really vigilant with the mask when I go out and, and all of that, and I hate it in the supermarket, especially in the weather you know it's, it's it's really claustrophobic and you know it's not a nice experience. but I have to say, sitting there as an audience member watching this play, I completely forgot I was wearing one it was it was that was the one thing we all sort of looked at each other and said actually, you know that, that just this whole thing just went away um, because we were so engaged in what was going on on the stage, it, it, it achieved, you know, what theatre should achieve, which is take you on a journey and pull you out of yourself and, and make you forget what's going on in the real world. So it, it didn't affect our experience at all.
1: That's really nice to hear. I read, a, I read a kind of review of a show at the Palladium that Beverly Knight did, which was a socially distanced um experiment i guess it was a gig and you could see the you could see the picture of the audience and it's a very weird you know sort of two or three people in masks and then a big gap etc and the whole thing was like how did uh, how did the show go how did she feel the audience responded and, and the answer was like i don't think she knew because so from an audience perspective it's cool but from a performer's, performer's perspective is it going to be weird to look out and not see people smiling or reacting what are your thoughts on that stuff
0: yeah well I, I, well I think this is the difference between these these small sort of grassroots productions and then somewhere like the palladium where that is going to have a massive impact on on the performers experience um, having you know a small portion of the audience out there but you know we've we've got to start somewhere and actually i've i've got to say hats off to andrew lloyd webber because you know, from the public perspective, he seems to be the only one um that's out there doing something to try and find a solution. Um, I think there's been a bit of a bit of sort of batten down the hatches approach from some people, which I found quite shocking. Um, whereas Andrew is out there, he's he's taking the test and you know, he's he's doing the the whole vaccine trials and opening up his theater to have a go. Um, and see if something will work. And I think he'll continue to do that. You know, but the reaction from the audience was brilliant. And going back to um, last night's performance, Um, and I just think the support, there was a real sense of thanks from the audience to the people on stage and behind stage for just having a go and getting us out there.
1: Yeah, it's really nice that that's happened. And then you've been doing very impressive online coaching, um, being very conscious about supporting these new performers that are coming in. Tell me, tell me more about the work that you've been doing from home. Um, well,
0: you know, going back to, to this lost generation, as, as I call it, um, it was one of the first thoughts that popped into my head and it was seeing um, the the children at my son's school, the year six leavers. The, the day the school closed they were all wandering around the playground looking really lost um and you could almost hear the thoughts of are we going to get to the end of the year are we going to go on our big school trip have our disco wear our levers jumpers all of these you know milestones that these kids go through that are all really important for them um, to complete the end of their journey at, at primary school um just sort of pulled from underneath them. And that got me thinking about the GCSE leavers, the A-level takers, and of course, the drama school students. So I I jumped on um, posting some online videos on my website uh, straight away um, and just picked a series of topics and got people to write in and and ask questions and did all of that as a a pre-recorded video. I did some interviews with various people, um and the response was was quite overwhelming um and i've now set up a coaching program um where we do a, a combination of some of my choreographic repertoire um which has been really fun digging into the the bolts and and pulling some of that stuff out and giving it a a little polish and and tweaking it and teaching that again that's been really fun um but the real surprising thing has been sitting down and talking to these people, um, finding out their fears, their concerns. there are a lot of mental health issues, I think, not only because of covid and lockdown but just because of the industry as a whole um, and the, the fears of what people are walking into there are professionals out there that just second guess themselves all the time and you know there's there's a huge sort of compassion and support within performers themselves way more than there was when I was auditioning which was you know it's a real bitch fest and a real competition and, and the camaraderie didn't happen until you got in the show and um, that exists in the audition room and in the you know the the, the training area and the, and the classes that these kids do but the real battle that this generation have is with themselves it's it's the it's the sabotaging voice in their heads Um, so I've been working a bit on that and really want to continue that work because I think it's it's really vital for for these kids to have that as part of their training and not just the pushing to be the best singer, dancer, actor, and, you know, present yourself in a certain way. There's got to be some self-care in there as well.
1: Yeah. So they're coming to you with those questions and you're, you're helping them with the benefit of experience. Um, What's your reaction to performers that say, you know, I'm wondering if this is all a complete waste. Like what what kinds of things are you are you saying to them?
0: I'm saying to them, use this period as, you know, the, the gift of time. Um, it's giving graduates particularly, but you know, all of them, it's it's giving them a real taste of what being an actor in the real world is is about. It's it's a very lonely um, and a very individual process. You know, these kids go from being in a, a class of 30 or plus where they do all of their training together. They do their productions together. It's all very happy and pally and jolly. And then they come out and they're on their own and they're competing with those people that they were patting on the back, not five minutes before. Um, so this, this time is, is the time to prepare yourself, you know, get yourself ready, work, work on your fitness. Your repertoire, there's so much stuff online. I mean, the, the, the opportunities that these guys have got is, is just insane. Um, and to not sort of sit back feeling sorry for themselves, but get out there and just capitalize on the three years training that they've already had and create a fourth year of training for themselves so that when they go into a meeting with an agent, they're ready, they know how to carry themselves, they know what they're selling. They know what they're good at, what they need to work on, um, and similarly with auditions. Don't hide at the back or come in underprepared. Have all of that ready, um, so that there are no regrets.
1: Yeah, that's strong advice. Tell me uh, about you. You've been also taking your own advice. It, it seems you've been doing a lot of self development and and work. So, how did you come to do that? And and you know what is it you're doing um well i mean despite being
0: what some people would say the busiest man in show business because i i don't like to just do one thing um obviously a lot of that is on pause um i don't like to say that it's disappeared or it's been cancelled it's it's all been postponed and it will happen again at some point um like you say, I've sort of taken my own advice and used this gift of time. Now the garden's done and the spare room's done, and <laughs> the, the child doesn't want to be homeschooled anymore. Um, I've I've just jumped on a few courses. Actually, I, I, I started out by doing a marketing course just to enhance what I was doing with the coaching, um, which was really interesting. But since doing these lessons and you know holding these these um, these sessions where I mentor um, and talk to my students, so I, I just want to get into that world a little bit more. And so I'm I'm jumping on a bit of um, counselling and looking at educating myself a bit further with counselling, um, both with adults and with children and teens.
1: Wow. Okay, that's that's brilliant. Uh, I spoke with a therapist called Anna Simmons, who's a Brit she's in Nottingham um she's done one of these episodes so I'll certainly introduce you guys because that'll be it'll be some interesting conversation to be had yeah, there cool okay I mean tell me about anything that specifically Im- impressed you we, we spoke about the we spoke about the uh the show that you saw what else are you seeing that that surprised you in a nice way um since this has all happened
0: um I, I think as I said I, I think seeing Andrew Lloyd Webber getting out there and
1: <laughs> doing his thing
0: yeah. I, I found really I, th- I think the smallest things are really healing um and that, that was one thing that came up in a discussion last night it was the first time most of us have been out and and sat around a table with other other people other than our, our bubble or our family Um, and that was something that came up in, in a discussion is that you are thankful for the smallest of things. Um, you know, so, so seeing Andrew out there, I I took great heart with that because there have been other things that I've looked at and and found quite astonishingly sad. Um, you know, I've been very lucky that the people I work with, um, are very optimistic. and and have kept me going. Bill Kenwright, particularly, who um, is a producer that I work very closely with, he has not let this get him or his company down. We are working solidly on preparing so much uh, to go out into production as soon as we can. And just just having that there, it just helps
1: sweeten the the not knowing. Um, That's great to hear as well, I think, for people who... Might be listening to this, and anyone in your world that you share this chat with, is that the the people at the top are actively working on things um, being produced again, rather than just shuttering everything. Which is what it, which is what it can seem to be for people who maybe aren't as steeped in 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 showbiz as you are at this point. Oh God, yeah, and um, yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, and we've got to remember that. One of the things, and it's a kind of beautiful thing in a in a sense, is that all of these guys, all of these people that, you know, the graduate looks up to, the big producer, we're all on the same level here because this, this thing has happened to all of us. It, it's not chosen certain demographics or picked on one kind of person more than another. Um, we're all in the same boat and we're all looking at ways... In which to come back, you know, within the guidelines and, and making sure that we're we're safe and looking after ourselves and each other. But I think there's going to be a great deal of sympathy and compassion to come out of both sides of this. You know, just talking about what I do, uh, and that's definitely come through in in my sort of mentor sessions. Is that I'm I'm no better than, than any of these kids that haven't done anything work-wise. We're all human beings trying to survive this pandemic. So let me help you feel better with the knowledge that I've got. And, and you know, I look to the people sort of above me in terms of experience to make me feel better about what they're doing, you know, and they've done that. And I'm really thankful for that.
1: Yeah, that's, that is lovely. Now this, we're talking, and I should have probably said this, um we're talking on the 26th of August, and this is gonna go live a week tomorrow. So it's gonna go live on the third of September. So with that in mind, could you tell me a little bit more about the online workshops and and, and what what you've got coming up and where people can find you and how they can get involved in, in the work you're doing right now?
0: Yeah, it's it's an organic and um evolving process. So I've been doing every Wednesday. Uh, I do a choreographic class, which is usually, um, something from my repertoire. So we started out with something from Thriller last week. We did, um, a really fun Heather's workshop today. Uh, we are doing something from Carrie, which is my personal favorite. And, um, I've got Evie Hoskins who played Carrie joining, um, as a guest speaker on the, on the chat. So we'll do an hour of, of coaching and conversation following the choreographic class and she's going to join us on that. So um, the topic today is uh, self-tapes. We'll talk about self-tapes, but we'll also talk about Carrie and, and Evie's journey with, with what's been going on with COVID and and lockdown. So um, I'm looking to take these classes into a studio because a lot of guys are getting back into the studio. They've been craving um, just that kind of personal touch and, So a lot of studios have opened with social distancing. So I think once I get Little One back to school, we'll be looking at doing some classes at base studios in Vauxhall and um, continuing with the mentoring, either face-to-face or on Zoom, um, depending on where we go with that. So you can find all of that information on my website, which is www.garylloyd.me forward slash online hyphen coaching
1: great. Okay. Well, Gary, thank you so much. It's been great to to see you do stuff, you know, we've seen so much, uh, so much panic, but to see you actually, you know, using, using what you've got and using the assets that you've built up and sharing it with people is, is super inspiring and has uh, made me much less depressed about, about the state of showbiz. So, so thanks for doing it and um, let's get this shared and um, thanks for your time. Thank you, Toby. Thanks mate. Boom! There you go. All right? Yeah. Do we need to add anything? Are you cool with that? I think that was really good.
0: Yeah, just the um, socials. But you could do that, could you?
1: Yeah. So what we'll do, what, and what I found with um, what, what I found with podcast listening is that people um, are they want one one thing to do, and if you say uh, go to a website or go to a social or you know they forget which one they're going to. So if you give them one yeah. place then if they go to the website, they're going to find you and get on your list. All um, the socials are on of there. Of course, all the socials are on there. So you give, give someone one choice, then they do it and give them five. Okay. If they're walking the dog or whatever, and it's a bit weird, then they can't remember it. So we'll do that. And of course, there are shown notes that go with the podcast. So any traffic on our side that gets discovered, everything all the links to all your socials are there. So if you email me over those links, then I'll put them in our blog as well. So it will, um, yeah, people will be able to click on where they want to follow you or if they want to go to your site. So we'll yeah. make sure uh, that's good. So I'll send you, um, I'll send you an email and ask you for the various things. I've actually got a form that I usually ask people to upload things in, but, because we did it the way we did it, I didn't do that. So, um, okay. So yeah, that's that's how we will solve that and make it easy for people to find you, which is the key. Brilliant. Uh, I'm going to press stop. This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan, with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cast 2020. It's a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar, if you're feeling pod-curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com.